Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. This is Slash Home Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta. And on today's podcast, I'm going to give you my quick, spoiler-free reaction of Avengers Endgame, and I will play for you my interview with the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo, the filmmakers behind this, Captain America Civil War, Captain America Winter Soldier, Avengers Infinity War, and... Uh, Avengers Endgame, and this interview is also completely spoiler-free because they were not willing to talk about any plot details whatsoever, so you can enjoy this entire podcast before seeing the movie itself. First up, I went to the world premiere last night in downtown Los Angeles, and uh, guys, I love this movie. This is somehow like much better than Infinity War for me. Uh, it... I wasn't expecting this movie to be so emotional. It's the most emotional MCU movie by far. I cried somewhere like about a dozen times throughout this film. And to give you perspective, you know, I maybe teared up a little during uh, the Spider-Man thing in Infinity War. Uh, 
it uh this is such a crowd pleasing movie it's filled with so much incredible fan service and i know fan service is used as a bad word but in this movie you'll see what i mean it's so good uh this this film is a gigantic tribute to the last 10 years the last decade of marvel studios and it uh there is there is you know how you've seen the splash page action scene in Josh Whedon's Avengers or the Russo Brothers Civil War? The splash page action scene at the core of this movie is one hundred times as big and like perfectly encapsulates um comic book like act like like a big comic book fight to me like if for me. Uh, the Battle of Wakanda was not this. This is, uh, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of laughs. Uh, it, this was a premiere, and usually at premieres, they do they are a little bit more, um, they clap a little bit more than a normal audience. That said, usually at a premiere, they probably only clap like, you know, three or four times or something like that. During this, during the screening, I, I want to say the audience erupted into applause probably three dozen times throughout this film there's just like so many great moments i uh i do think this is a movie that rewards you for being a fan and having seen all the other films more so than any other film in the mcu like this is the first like sequel that really relies on you having seen everything um i think i was i was surprised that that this movie brings this 10 years to uh, such a spectacular c- conclusion. It's such a, a great bookend to the first 10 years of the MCU, the Infinity Saga. Okay, so there you have it. I did not say anything, did not reveal anything about the movie, although after you see it, then you, you can connect the dots on some of these things. And if you're looking to read some other early spoiler-free reactions to Avengers Endgame, head on over to SlashLong.com. We have an early Buzz article. I'll link it in the show notes so you can avoid the spoilers and get the, you know, just the essence of people's reactions. But I will tell you, it was all positive. Okay, up next, guys. Uh, I got a chance two weeks ago to sit down with the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo, and talk about Avengers Endgame. But we didn't really do that much talking about Avengers Endgame because they weren't really willing to talk much about it. So, again, no worry of being spoiled here in this interview. I think it's a delightful conversation. Hopefully you will agree. Here's my talk with Joe and Anthony Russo. Hey, how are you guys? Good, how are you? Thank you. So this is one of the toughest interviews of my career because I've seen nothing. You want to talk about bass fishing? (laughs) Um, can we talk about the song that starts off the footage we saw? Uh, well, you know what? We don't want to. We don't want to give any context to any of the footage because what we don't want to do is like. Okay. okay. You know. Sorry. Um, can you tell me? Uh, we know Stan Lee has a cameo in this movie. Did uh, his death affect that at all? It did not affect. Uh, we had already shot his cameo uh, prior to his death. But this is the last filmed cameo that Stan did. On the uh, the previous film, you guys were saying that 
Thanos is the, the main character. And I know this is an ensemble movie, but if, if you had a gun to your head, and I was like, who is the main character of this movie? Who would you say? Now, we won't tell you the specifics, but we will say this. That, uh, that you know, the trap with two movies that are part of a series like this is that they ultimately can feel like the same film. A way to differentiate those movies is through tone and through point of view. So we will say that Endgame has a different tone than Infinity War, and it certainly is told from a different point of view. <laughs> um, I love talking to you guys because you guys are film fans. and I, Even on like Winter Soldier, you're telling us about all these like films that you watched in anticipation yeah. for that. Um, now, I'm not trying to dig for plot spoilers. I know you're talking about tone. Like, I know you watch stuff for tone and even like yeah. action stuff. Is there anything you can talk about, like what films you watched in anticipation for making them? Interestingly enough, Endgame was the one movie that we didn't have we'll use references. For yeah, that. we'll use references for common language for the crew, for yeah. the actors, for them to understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And I think because we were bringing different. A more unique tone to the stuff we were doing in the MCU. It was important for us to point to that through other movies. Uh, but as people started to understand that what our requirements were, we wanted edge, psychological realism, uh, surprises, subversiveness. That, yeah. Subversiveness. We needed less um, references. Uh, references for people. And so by the time we got to the fourth film, we uh, we weren't using any that point everybody just understood what the aesthetic was I also think this is another reason why and this is an interesting question because this is kind of stuff it's rare when Joe and I get to an area that we haven't even talked about yet but so it's like a good question, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> we haven't even, the, but I also think it might be because you know on those other movies we're all about moving the, the MCU forward you know and this this movie there was nothing we weren't moving the MCU anywhere this was supposed this movie was supposed to end the 22 movie run. So the movies that we were looking at for this movie were the 21 movies that had preceded it. You know, that was really, what was informing this movie were the Marvel movies themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, not related to this movie, but if I had to ask you what your favorite time travel movie is of all time, what would you say? <laughs> well, it's hard not to pick back to the future. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... <laughs> I think Alan Sylvester would get really upset. He didn't say that. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite as well. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people when the trailer, uh, when the footage came out of uh, in the, in the trailers of Captain Marvel in this movie, so there were some reactions from female fans of her look being different. So I'm wondering if you guys could address that. Like, is there? Yeah, this was. I mean, we first of all we give all the actors ownership over their look. I mean, yeah. that's not something that frankly. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, um, you know... The, the, we set the parameters, certainly, in terms of what we need, you know. But, yeah, but I mean, you know, every hairstyle that uh, Scarlett Johansson has had and every movie that we've done with her has come from Scarlett Johansson. I mean, it's not like... They don't know these characters better than we do. So we give... We empower them to have ownership over it. Yeah. We don't sit in makeup trailers and talk to people about, you know, how much or how little yeah. makeup. This was Bree's first time playing the character... Uh, and I she think, did it before she filmed Captain Marvel. Yeah, she did it before she filmed Captain Marvel. I think she was experimenting with what that what the character was, and those were the choices that she and her hair and makeup team had made. And you know, uh, and then I think as you know, she started to gain a deeper understanding of the character, especially as she approached her own movie. She started to make different choices, and 
you know, as an artist, she should be afforded that right to make, you know, whatever choices she wants to make. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one thing I'm anticipating with this movie right. is since you guys subverted expectations so hugely with the last, the end of the last film, uh, I'm expecting when the status quo kind of goes back towards normal-ish, that people are going to complain about uh, lasting consequences in, in the MCU. So I'm wondering, like, how... How is that on your mind when you're making this? Like, how do you, like, what, what are you thinking about Like, when you're like, we need to make things matter? Well, we've always said, from the beginning, we've always said you need real stakes. You know, we, we, we have a firm belief that stories and characters have value because there's a, there's a real risk and a real jeopardy to what they are. So we have that, that principle is fully at yeah. work in Endgame. You know, there's no... It's called Endgame for a reason. And <laughs> we only stuck around to do, you know, these two movies because they wanted to tell an ending story, and we feel like nothing has value unless there's an ending. Um, and so uh, we were excited by that. We were excited by the fact that, like, you know, um, for a commercial movie, for probably the most risky thing done in the history of commercial movies is most expensive movie ever made we kill half the characters at the end of the movie you know that's that's crazy when you sort it's of insane think about it. it's insane uh, but they allowed us to do it and then you know we're going to make equally challenging choices in uh, in Endgame and I think um, uh, that's why we're here and that's why we, we stuck around does um... and I would just say like you know the analogy would be like you know Civil War was about breaking up the Avengers and destroying the relationship between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. And that, they, and they stayed broken up in Infinity War. You know, and argu- arguably, that's, that was their downfall in yeah. Infinity War. You know, we, we showed you a whole movie where the Avengers never fought together as a team. You know, that's, it's carrying forward those story the ideas. The ramifications yeah. and using disruption and subversive ideas and then making sure that those ideas stick. I know when Infinity War came out, someone asked you if the name of the title was in that movie. And there was the word Endgame in that movie, so I'm wondering, did you lie to the press, or...? Did, there was, they, no one ever said Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. I mean, yeah, you uh, no, I mean, listen, at the end of the yeah. day, this is a year before a movie gets released, and we are constantly changing our and these are iterative processes and they're creative processes. It is impossible to commit to anything with any kind of you know, uh, um, uh, uh, clarity a year before you're about to release some content. Because uh, who knows, your, uh, your, your DP could accidentally put the title on his resume and then we throw it out. You know, like, there's a million reasons why that may or may not be uh, uh, the title for the movie. And until we sit in a room and we watch a trailer with the title on it, then we all look at each other and say, are we running with this title? That's usually when the title sticks to a movie. So when people are asking us questions a year before release, and look, they have the right, and that's their job, and you know, but <laughs> we also have the right, and it's yeah. our job to, to protect the creative integrity of our choices. And we don't want to be trapped into right. sure. choices in the same way that you know, a, a writer wants to feel like they're they're getting accurate answers out of us. There are no accurate answers. Yeah, a year out. They just yeah, it's not. Yeah. Uh, my last question: 
is uh, the marketing for this movie. I, I don't think there's been a blockbuster movie that I've ever seen the marketing for that never showed me any of the tentpole action scenes at all in it. How did this come about? Like, who was this like pitched to you? Was Disney on board from that from the beginning, or did you guys pitch it like you know we yeah. need to not show anything? Look, at, first of all, there's nobody better at marketing than Disney. Oh, yeah. They're amazing, right? They're they're brilliant at it. Um, but so, I, but this is unprecedented. It right? is. You're, yeah. you're totally right. And um, you know, we talked about it early on. We're like, guys, there's just there's very little that you can draw from from this movie. Like, this is going to be a huge challenge for you. And they're like, all right, we'll take that challenge. You know, and they're very creative about how they how they approached it. But I think that they believe you probably have to ask them this question directly to yeah. get a better answer, a more thorough answer. But at the end of the day, they were okay with that. They they felt like this movie was in the kind of place where they could they could limit themselves in that way and not not blow the blow up their release. Yeah. Um, as to why or how, those are the sort of like that's the that's very. Uh, um, yeah. That's the mad science of movie distribution or movie, movie marketing. And it was everybody collectively was like, we, we want to be as restrained as possible with this. We want to preserve the integrity of the storytelling uh, uh, and uh, preserve that experience for people to see it. The culture that wants everything yesterday yeah. and wants you know, to know the title of your movie a year before it's, uh, <laughs> it's released. That, you know, that again, we, uh, we provide like a secure... Uh, and safe space for this thing to be screened by people who've committed 11 years of their heart and soul and emotion to this. I can't imagine somebody who, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot we've heard a lot of like beautiful stories about people and the way that they connect to Marvel and it's either help them with depression or through someone's death in their life or help them connect as a family or with their friends or those people do not want the experience of sitting in that movie theater ruined because we have, you know, we have a culture of doing that. Like monetization of yeah. you know uh, of of, uh, of spoiling information. You know, I totally get it. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Now, are we ever gonna get a cameo from you in, in the movie? No, I'm not the. I'm not an actor. Nah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you guys. Great group of questions. Man. Yeah. I really appreciate thank you. It. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. There you have it. My interview with Joe and Anthony Russo from the Avengers Endgame Junket. You can read that in its entirety, linked in the show notes, or on SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast, SlashFilm Daily, published every weekday on all your popular podcast apps. Uh, please head on over to iTunes page, give us a five-star review, tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.